You're listening to Robert Kelly's You Know What, Dude? on the Glory Hall Radio Network, gloryholeradio.com. What's up? This is Robert Kelly with a special, special edition of You Know What, Dude podcast. I am here at the world famous, or America famous, I would say, world famous uh, comedy seller with, uh, I know what you're thinking, another comedian, some other famous comic or some fucking jizzy comic that nobody knows. No. I'm here right now, and this is what makes it a special edition, with the owner of the comedy seller. And his wife, very recently wife, uh, Noam and Juanita. Yes, he married a Puerto Rican, a Jew married a Puerto Rican. Whew, what a relationship. <laughs> so basically what's going to happen on this podcast, he's going to try to talk and she's going to fucking yell at him. And fucking hit him and say some shit. And he's going to have to lie this whole podcast. So whatever he says, this is going to be all lies. But uh, thanks for doing this, Noam. You're welcome, Robert. Thank you for having me. You got it. And Juanita, thank you for uh, being a part of this. Uh, she's. Uh, you guys have just recently got married, yep. which is... Um, pretty crazy. I want to get into a couple things, but I, I, I want to get into this first. Uh, you know, since I've known you, um, you've you, you know you were against marriage. You were against you. I think quote unquote when I told you I was getting married, uh, you looked at me uh, with disgust. You had a great pause, and then you, you fucking idiot. I think that's what you said to me. Fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Against marriage. Yeah. Well, I was I was raised by a father who felt that uh, marriage. Well. He thought that fidelity was for suckers. Like he did. He thought you were you were a jackass if you even even tried to be faithful to your wife. Right. And I knew that. I I'm, well, I didn't know. I mean, I, at the time, I thought that you could never possibly here's be the first, faithful. Here's to the first wife. lie, by the way. <laughs> Ding. Lie one. So I, because I because I, I I thought I understood you. I, I still think I do. You think you understood me yeah. as being a piece of shit that can't be faithful and should just be banging broads? My, my father wasn't a piece of shit. I'm not saying you're a piece of shit. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying your you father. just have a different mindset. I don't have a different mindset. You can change. People can change. You've changed. I, yeah. I've changed. You've changed. Oh, so I can't change, but you can change? No, you're... you're, you're um your your predatory instincts were deeper than mine. <laughs> the fuck? Deeper and that's and, because I was and, better looking than you. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna help you on that one. You had hair back then. I was gorgeous back you in the were day. Gorgeous. Yeah, okay. Come on, yeah. but I own the nightclub. <laughs> True, touche. <laughs> you, you. But here, here's the thing. I got though. a lot back then. <laughs> you got a lot. You got a lot. But as long as you know, and high quality. Yeah, because oh, of the really? nightclub. As long as you're honest with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me and you both. Shouldn't go to anything in our lives. I used to get it even before I owned the nightclub. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just come on, not high quality though. Yeah, high quality. Remember, we just had dinner. A friend of a friend of mine told her about yeah. it. How like I always had that in high school. He, it was I the always guitar. played the guitar. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's the guitar. It was oh, well, you're funny. What? I mean, everybody's serenity. got something. Well, I had I, before I had nothing. I used to get girls when I was just drinking and, and drugging. And but hey. you were always funny. No, but I was always cool. I was cool and good looking. Look at these lips. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy. Come on. 
In anyway. my field of vision, I see the mic and your lips. And it's like a... Well, the, the thing is, is that what blew me away, because I went to your wedding, which was one of, I think my wedding and your wedding were two of my favorite weddings. My wedding being awesome because I eloped in Maui, videotaped it, live streamed over the internet, yeah. and that's how you went to my wedding. You didn't have to go, you didn't have to wake up, you didn't have to put on Spanx and friggin' a stupid tie and sit around waiting for food and waiting for the bullshit and the church and all that shit. You just turned it on and watched. People watch it right here from the comedy We side. all watch it here. Yeah, you watch it. Yeah, so, and your wedding was great because it was in the East Village at this really cool, I don't know what it was. I don't it, was know. it was an old uh, synagogue that became an event space. Right. It was gorgeous, but everything was done right in there. You had the wedding, which was actually funny and actually poignant. cool. Poignant is a word. I'd use romantic, but you're a fucking, you have no emotional connection. I like the word romantic. Romantic. Yeah. It was romantic. <laughs> just let me, just follow me on this one. Okay. <laughs> it was very romantic, but you actually, this is what killed me, is that I told you that I cried at my wedding when my wife came up. And I cried, and you called me a fucking pussy. You, let's just deal with this. You called me a fucking pussy and made fun of me like I wasn't a man because I did that. And you know what happened at your wedding, which was amazing? Little fucking faggy boy shedded tears. I saw you. Your eyes welled up. You got all emotional, and you couldn't speak. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. I do love you. Can you explain that? Well, first of all, I'm flattered to know that you remember every offhand comment I've ever made to you. Over, yes. You know, like any little thing that I said as an aside. Yes. I, you must, you must uh, value my opinion, too. That, uh, I, or maybe it hurts so bad that it just doesn't go away overnight. Maybe they hurt. Maybe the scars of your fucking awful meanness to me over uh, really important times in my life that just haven't gone away. Maybe it's that, too. Maybe it's not, again, maybe it's not you being important. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it's just you being a mean person that hurt me. I didn't see you as the type of guy who would cry on a beach somewhere with nobody even around you. It was like, it was I don't know. You know what? You're right. You're right. I was wrong. I didn't understand that sometimes you have to... He didn't to... go through it. He went through it and cried for six hours. The whole wedding he cried. I was crying all day before yeah. the wedding. Oh, my God. You cried more than me. It was almost ridiculous. I was reading my vows, practicing them, and every time I'd read them, I started crying. I had to keep reading them and reading them. I almost went up and grabbed you like uh, Don Corleone. Be a man! <laughs> you can start by being a man! <laughs> She hates the Godfather, by the way. Well, then I why? I hate it. I just because when you I like watch Scarface, it is that your big one? I do love Scarface. You don't. You, you, <laughs> you take Scarface. Right? You're Puerto Rican and Indian. Yeah. Which I didn't know yeah. until the wedding. Why you saw my father? The I saw a bunch of Indian people there. <laughs> 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 How was it? Everybody get a limo after the show. <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> so you. So here, you now you you're a you're a you're a lot to handle. Yeah. This is you're you're an alpha. Yeah, I mean, I got lucky because I married. My wife is not an alpha. She'll fight. She'll throw down. She'll. She, if I step over the line, she'll fuck you. But pretty much, I'm the drama mama. I get to be the drama mama. You married another drama mama. You're a drama mama, and she's a drama mama. So you, I mean, 
does that work? I mean, she, she's she's the alpha drama mama. Yeah, she's she's the one. If there was a fight, she wins. I would be afraid to fight her. Like if I had to fight you, like if as a couple, like if we got into it, I would. Or she'd be the one to actually probably try to fight. You'd you, be the one. To, she, she's she's different to me because when she gets angry, that's it. She's off. You can't yeah. reason with her. She's not thinking. It's right. pure adrenaline. That's the Puerto Rican side. Of it's, her. it's unbelievable. It's not the Indian side with the you know own money puppy home. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Puerto Rican side. Right. Puerto Rican is dominant over Indian. We know that. Right. Puerto Rican's dominant over everybody. I, I, well, no, she's pregnant, and I'm and I don't like the sound of that. Why? Because I want you want Jewish a white to baby. be dominant over. You Puerto want a white Rican. baby? Yes. Just say it. You're racist. I want a white baby. Her mother you said wanna, that. My mother actually mother said, that said that to me that. yesterday. She said, "I had enough with these Indian kids. I want a white baby." Can you believe that? No. Well, I mean, she. I mean, why? Yeah. A baby that doesn't have to go through shit in life and get things. No, that's ridiculous. Why you want a Puerto Rican baby? You want a no. tan, you want a baby that can go in the sun. I want a baby that looks like me. You don't want you don't you're sick you're sick of having to put sunblock on your husband. You don't have, you don't have to do it on your baby. <laughs> you told him. I want him to enjoy the beach. Right. You know, gnome can only stay like a half an hour in the sun. Dumb gnomes reading under a tree is stupid Kindle. I'll be yeah. with you in a second. You want a little Puerto Rican with some attitude. Maybe some no, abs. No attitude. No attitude. It's Puerto abs. Rican. You don't have abs. What are underneath? We all have them. No, I didn't. I used to. I used to kind of have abs. So, so now let me ask you a question. Now that you're married, how long has it been? It's going to be a year this month. Be a year, year June 27th. A year. And you, I know. I'm kidding. And you used to you used to work where? I used to work here at the Olive Tree. So you you were a waitress or a manager here? A waitress. You were a waitress here before I came to the Comedy Cellar? Yes. Yeah, good, because if, you know, we might have some stories. <laughs> How awkward would that be? <laughs> if me and Winita knew each other a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> down in the closet downstairs. It would be very awkward. Oh, it would be very awkward for like, you, not I'm, for us. I don't even like the, the be good memories thinking about it. Fortunate for him, I wasn't that kind of waitress. <laughs> well, you were, because you banged the boss. No. You were just a smart waitress. <laughs> Instead of banging the comics, you went right close. She knows who to bang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't bang you, the comics. Comics do nothing for you. I went right to the top. Let me ask you a question now. You met her. Did you? Did you? Did you know that she was? Did you want to be she with said her? Mostly good things about you. But go ahead. Go Stop. Ahead. Did okay. you know that it was her, or did you just want to get with her? I just wanted to get with her. Yeah, right. Because I mean, mainly that's what we want. Now, did you just want to get with him, or did you like him? Tell him the story. She was pregnant. No, I was not. Yeah, I wasn't looking. I was. You were pregnant when I'm, you met him. I tried no, to sleep I, with her. I, I tried to sleep with her. No, she was pregnant after I met her, but before we were. Yeah. Going out, and okay. I tried to tried to get her in bed while she was pregnant. Why? When we first met, I was I, dating someone. He was dating someone, so we never really right. thought about each other. But then, I guess I found out when I was pregnant a few months in that he was interested. Right? Right. But you broke up with your guy. I was a single mom. Okay, single mom. Pregnant. She's pregnant, and you wanted to have sex with her? Big time. Yeah. Why? Not a bad thing, by the way. Well, that why was an excited why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, she said, I'm pregnant. I said, I don't care. Really? Yeah. yeah. But you she wouldn't do it. Really? Because, yeah. you know, she has self-respect. No, she said that because she's Puerto Rican, she could still get pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so she didn't want to risk it. A double no. baby. Double. <laughs> and plus, your kid would be getting beat up in there by the Puerto Rican kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really like came to me, held my hand, was like, "I'm really interested in you, and I, you know, I'm thinking about you." And I said, "Let's stop right there. I'm pregnant." Right, I'm gonna tell you the, the real story. This is, I don't know if it's, if it's uh, fun. Well, from your point of view, or my right. point of view. When she was pregnant, yeah, by uh, this guy. <laughs> 
Um, and he was he's a rapper now. Right. And famous? Uh, no, not famous. Um, um, he has some degree of fame, but okay. none of us would have ever heard of him. Okay. And uh, but he was a, a handful. And when she was pregnant, we were all telling her, Juanita, don't have the baby. This is crazy. He's not going to be there. And I remember saying to her, and I probably God heard it. I remember saying, listen, you don't really understand your appeal, but if, if you could like marry like a real successful guy, like a doctor or a lawyer, you know, don't don't cast your 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 uh, your lot with this guy because it's going to change your whole life. Right. And I ended up marrying her. So she didn't take your advice. She didn't take my advice. And so I got. I, I've had to raise her the, this this guy's baby for the last uh, eighteen years, seventeen years. Seventeen years. Yeah. Yeah, but that's good for him. Yeah, and it was yeah. good for me too. Yeah, because you're a good dad, and you needed that. Yeah. All right. Now I want to get back to uh, the Comedy Cellar. Everybody knows about the Comedy Cellar. It's it, it is a, a famous club. Every comic knows about it. Every comic wants to play this place. It's. Let's just go back. How long has it actually been here? Since 1981, I think. 1981. All right. So 1981, and this was what before it was the Comedy Cellar. For, for a while, downstairs was the Fiend John. Fiend John, which was what? A Middle Eastern nightclub where my father used to play music. Okay. And then he moved the he moved the Fiend John next door to where the Wa is now. Cafe Wa. So there was like two years or three years where the downstairs where the comedy cellar is now was just kind of a bar with piano player down there. It was really just treading water looking for something to do. And how old were you when all this was happening? Uh, 18. So you were 18. You were living here in the building. No, I was living. I was living in Westchester. Westchester. I was, no, I was away at school. Was, you were away at school. What school did you go to? I went to Tufts, and then I went to University of Pennsylvania. University of Pennsylvania for what? Law. Law. You're going to be a lawyer. I was a lawyer. I am you, a lawyer. You are a lawyer. I am a lawyer. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, yeah, I didn't I, know. I that. passed the bar and everything. What's up with Jewish guys going all through that lawyer shit and then going to just do like comedy or? It's very common. Music. Yeah, it is. It's but a lot but of... Geraldo wasn't Jewish. And wow. he, did, he did it too. He was basically Jewish. because well, he's smart. He hung, nah, that's cheap, really. <laughs> So anyways, so 1981 comes, they got the Cafe Wa, your mm-hmm. father buys the Cafe Wa. No, the Wa was closed already. The Wa clo- the original Cafe Wa closed in like 1967. Okay. And he he took over that room and said, it, it's similar, they, it was just one stupid club after another over there. It wasn't the Wa, it was like Richie Havens had a place for a while and then it was a rock place and whatever. He moved the Fiend John. And my father moved his nightclub there. Right. He moved his nightclub, the Fiend John, over to the Wa. Right. And then this was here. But right. it was just empty bar. Yeah. And upstairs was the restaurant, the Olive Tree. The Olive Tree. Correct. So when did he decide to make it a comedy club? Then this guy, Bill Grunfest, uh, right. came in who was, a, who was a, a young comic. And he said, listen, Manny, I can uh, bring comics in here. Uh, you, you take the bar, I'll take the door. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. So they tried it one night, and it, it hit the ground running. It was a success virtually from the first weekend. Really? Yeah. But was it was it different than it is now, or is it just the same same thing as it was? You it know, wasn't, it wasn't much different. It really? Closed. I mean, 
at first there was still a bar in the room downstairs. Right. So that sh- that was a little different, but we got rid of that pretty quickly. Right. Uh, and the first crop of comics was like you know Gilbert Gottfried and uh, Bill Maher and people like that. So the, the, the talent was good right from the start. Really. As a matter of fact, in the middle it, it was kind of a lull in that, but the first crop was very was top notch. So the guys that first came here, Bill Maher, anybody else? Do you remember? Bill Maher, Gilbert Gottfried. Um, I wasn't around so much right at that beginning. Later on, it was John Stewart and, and Ray Romano and, and that next group. So Fa- Seinfeld was here too. No, Seinfeld, he wasn't. No, Seinfeld wasn't on the bar. Okay, so when now here now you the the comedy club takes off. When does the WA become the WA? Okay, then I then again I, then I graduated law school, and uh, um, I I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. So the fiend John was already on his last leg. Right. He, he, it was down to being open just uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Right. So I started a rock, a rock and roll band. A what? We, a, rock, a rock band. Okay. Rock and R&B. Right. And I, we started playing Wednesday and Sunday. And it became very popular very, very quickly. And it eventually right. pushed the Fiend John all the way out. And then when I was going to rename it, I took the name Cafe Wa because it was a historic name at that place. Really? Yeah. And you, you, did you have to buy it? Or did you just no, take it? No, it, he, it had been abandoned for 20 years already, the name. So you could just take it? Yeah, just take it. So so you take over the Cafe Wa. That's your I took place. It the Cafe Fiend John. Cafe Fiend John and made it the Cafe Wa. Right. Made Cafe and that became your place. Yeah. So your father didn't give it to you. You kind of took it over. I took it over, but he, he gave me the room. He gave me the... I mean, I didn't I didn't go and make a deal with the landlord. My right. father said, listen, I'm, he, my father sold, then sold the Cafe Fiend John and moved it to 8th Street, and then it went out of business very quickly. Right. And then I took over from there. So your father was over here at the Comedy Cellar in the Olive Tree, yeah. and you were over next door at the Cafe Walk. Yeah. Okay, so then when did the, the Comedy Cellar... Because I, I remember when I first came here to New York... Um, you know, the comedy cellar was good, but it wasn't always packed. No. It wasn't always, it was kind of dead during the week, but then something happened. And I think your father, Manny, who, you know, everybody loved, but he actually showed interest in the comics. He started showing interest in the comedy club. And then, and then he made that table in the corner and he kind of made it more of a home for us for certain comedians. Yeah, well, first of all, it used to be so slow during the week because Juanita was a waitress there that the waitresses used to have to sit at tables be the audience. Pre- pretend they were audience. You had to sit and watch the comics? Yeah. It, was Until it awful? It built up. No, some, I enjoyed some. I mean, David Tell was there at the time. And, Who else? Uh, Rick Shapiro. Right. A lot of, you know, older I guess comics from back then. So you had to sit in the audience and be the audience until people showed up? Yes. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They, and pretend they were audience members. Right. So then a lot of things happened simultaneously that turned it around. Uh, all within a, a, a few years of each other. First of all, the big guys on the block, the improv and catcherizing star, went out of business. Right. So that was a big change because we were always like the low person on the food chain. Right. They were gone. Then Lewis Schaefer came along and started emceeing. And Lewis started, when the comics were on, would go outside and start handing out flowers and bring people in to the comedy cell. Right. And and that brought in a lot of people and, and people bring more people. And then the comics wanted to come because this was a club that had people and comics look for rooms that are, that are not empty. Right. At the same time, we also moved the bar and created the comedian table. Right. 
and and that so the comedians had a home. So all of a sudden we had a home, we had a bigger audience. Yeah. And my father was was a great host and a beloved guy. So all those things together. Now there's a now, now every and then Colin really helped us too. Colin started bringing down a lot of important people. Well, here's the thing too that ha- that, that people know, comics know, Esty. You know, you got to get past Esty. Yeah. It's almost a fear. It's almost like um, a video game. You got to get past the last level. You got to get past the boss at the last level. And, you know, how long has she been here? She's been here since. Since basically the beginning, but she wasn't always doing this job. Right. She was the host at the door, the door host, seating okay. people for, for a while. And then when Bill was doing the booking, then Kathy Scarola was doing the booking. I think Essie's been doing it probably since uh, late 80s, mid to late 80s. I'm not, I'm, right? Don't think, do that. The microphone's no. picking that up. Essie's been doing it since the late 80s. <laughs> the late 80s. I'm nervous when I'm talking about Essie because I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, she's, now she books it. Now she also, her and your father are the people that allow comics to work this club and it kind of goes like this you get past you get you get five minutes on a Friday and Saturday you go up after somebody and then you 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 get past or you don't get past if you get past you get weekday spots which are late late night spots and then if you do good there you might get uh, earlier spots if you do good there then you work your way to a weekend spot one or two and then if you do good there then you're a regular and you'll work whenever you kind of want to and when you're in town you'll get spots when you're you have avails they kind of put you in so there's many levels of working at this club and I mean you know that's a you know people know that SD gives you that opportunity or you guys I mean your father didn't like me you know that right I know I remember very clearly but he just <laughs> he, he worse than you know really no 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 come on seriously no I actually I actually remember him like you remember he used to say that you look like um, a young uh, handsome was it Salminio or something he's, something he, Kelly no, no, I don't no, know. no, no, like, like, he's, he, yeah, he some he actor. Like, a, like a young movie star, yeah, like a no. young movie star back then. Now I just looked like a fat movie star, <laughs> I looked like Marlon Brando. You were, you were young Elvis, and now you're old Elvis. Yeah. But you're, you're well, I remember Elvis. he used to tell me, he used to go, I, I never liked you when you I didn't want you working here. And Esty had to push me through because she loved me, yeah. Well, Esty loved me, and she had to push me through. I don't care, I'm gonna use him. And then your father switched his tune. I don't know what happened. Listen, first of all, my father was always in charge, right. He would, SD could, could advocate for somebody, but if he really didn't like you, you were not going to be right. be working. So he, he he probably figured since she's seeing you more often than he is, because right. he wasn't that, that yeah, she knew what she was talking about. Yeah, yeah. But then me and your dad became really close. Yeah. Uh, you know, he became. But here's the funny thing about your dad. But you got funnier too. I got a then lot funnier. A stronger well, act. Well, th- I'll tell you what happens with clubs like this is you have to get funnier, or you're out. That's a, gr- a lot of clubs don't do this anymore. A lot of clubs, you bring five people, you get stage time. A lot of clubs, you hang around and pass out flyers, you'll get on stage. This club doesn't do any of that. You have get five minutes on a Friday or Saturday night after professional guys, and you either do good. It's like the the Romans. You get the thumbs up or you get the thumbs down, and you're out. Right. And and then you have to work your way up to weekend spots. So it gives you that you have to become better to get to stay in the club. 
and also to get to where you want to work at the clubs like the weekends uh, with the professionals and do a regular show. So And you're always around really good comics, so you always feel like shit. You know, I used to watch Norton get better, and then you see Geraldo, you see Colin, and you're like, I fucking suck. And it forces you to become better because of the people you're surrounded by. Other clubs don't do that. Other clubs don't have that. You can bring five people and get the fuck on, and there's no progression. They used to do that. You guys still do it, but a lot of clubs used to do it back in the day. You had to earn your spot. Here, you have to still earn your spot. You have to earn it every week. You have to earn it every week because, you you know, you guys report. The waitresses report. You guys care who's being funny and who's not. But, but you know, and but we don't we don't require the the that escalating path that you took. Like for instance, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I don't think he ever didn't work weekend spots. The first day he came in, right. He was he knocked the what are they knocked the cover off the ball, and that right. was it. I mean, it was no question he was ready for Saturday night. Right. I mean, he's he's a yeah, prodigy. Can you never you know? compare me? I'm not comparing myself to Dave Chappelle. Can, can you not take no. what I said and make me feel like shit? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You bring up Dave Chappelle. I get it. He's way better. Can you bring up somebody? <laughs> bring, up, bring up Billy Burr, Pete Corielli, somebody. What the fuck? Pete Corielli was also immediately. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was not. He was not. Me and Pete and Godfrey kind of came up in the same era, yeah. and we kind of progressed really fast. You know, faster than most. Yeah, I don't ever remember. Actually, I don't ever remember you not being funny. Yeah. I don't ever remember Godfrey or Pete not being funny. Nah, we, we were in a, a good. I, I came up in a good class. But the thing was, is that you know. Some, then tough crowd happened. Usually, someone with the talent to actually be a good stand-up comic does not stay unfunny very, very long. If, right. if they're not funny six months into it at all, they just—they're never going to be funny. Right. That's my. I, I agree. And I, but the thing that happened here, something that really happens at clubs, is that this became a home base for a lot of guys: Colin, Norton, Billy, me, Keith, Geraldo. I mean, some of the top-notch guys. And then tough crowd happened. You father was really involved with this comedy here and, and you know SD you really weren't you were at the WA which we would come over and do a spot every Friday Saturday night just petrified of that fucking shit crowd <laughs> they're gonna do the WA huh fuck me uh, when it went good it went good when it went bad it went yeah. bad <laughs> this is bad fucking as it gets. sitting down there tramped on that stupid stage <laughs> bunch of drunk people eating wings it's worse now oh my god I haven't done it in five years thank god but <clears throat> but it was something happened here where it was like, oh my God, this is like family. Your father was like family. We were all here every night hanging out for hours and hours and talking and laughing and fucking debating and arguing and fighting. And it was this re really like a relationship. And it was a great chemistry. It was, a, it was a, a magical group of guys who happened to all be around at the same time that, right. you know, like John Paul, George and Ringo happened to grow up together. And yeah. it, that's what you guys had. It yeah, but just... we, I think it, the club had it too. It wasn't just the comics. It was the club. I all mean, it's it. still it's still here now. You, Ava, Esti, you know, Juanita, uh, but, the you, but you guys are still here. Right. It's, well, not, it's not the same on nights that you guys are not here. Of course it's not, because we're awesome and we're great people. But really? It's really yeah. not the same. Yeah, we yeah. don't sit at the table when you guys are not here. Yeah, without us, you guys are really nothing. I understand what you're saying. But the thing is... <laughs> it's true. But now, when that ended, and, you know, your father passed away, which, you know, sucked, and... And then the club, it was like, we were all, I mean, I myself was like, what the fuck is going to happen? What's going to go down? Me too. Like, what's going to happen with this club? And, you know, I was like, this is never going to be the same. It's, and, not, it's not the same. It's not the same, but it's something new 
that actually is has a lot of the same qualities now. Yeah. Especially with you, you're not really doing the wah anymore. You're doing the fat black and your village underground. But you guys are here. Esty's here. Ava's here. Um, and we hang out and we talk and we still have. There are those nights. It's not every night, but it's more often than it used to be after his passing. It's starting to become like, you know, when you come in, you when you, when I'm here and Keith's here and Colin's here, you know it all. It just happens. It's it, there's no you know it, it just happens. Norton's here. We're gonna have some laughs. Some shit's gonna be talked yeah. about, yeah, yeah. and it's gonna, not gonna be all laughs. It's gonna be some serious shit. Like the other night, we were talking about. I bring up fucking you know how they can put skin, how, how they can print heart valves. Yeah, with a three D printer. Right, with and stem then, cells. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can print them. I was a little off on the stem cells, but the fucking burn victim spray thing. Yeah, yeah, you were right. right? I, I stand corrected. Right. But those are the things, and we're sitting there for an hour yapping, and you know, it's you're at a comedy club, yeah. and it makes you want to hang out. It makes you want to just sit here all night and shoot the shit, and then you go on and you do your show, and that's not even the funny part. That's right. the least funny part of the night is doing your set. The funniest shit, the shit that you remember, that ne- the beautiful part about it will never be recreated. It will never be talked about again. It just it happens at the table when. Norton jumps in and says, "I smashes me," and then you jump in, and then we talk serious, and then we bring up a subject, we switch subjects, and then we come back, and I'll get Norton twenty minutes later on a good one, and then he'll, fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's it's like that's the the magic of this club. That's what makes this club so, and, and the history of it, and the crowds. I mean, it's it's almost crazy that it's sold out every weekend, sold out every night, mostly during every the week, night, mostly every night. This place is sold out. But you know, we're not that big. You know, like like, like Gotham has 400 seats or something. Yeah, but this is the way. We have 120. This is what comedy is. Right. This is what comedy should be. 120 seats. 130 seats. Oh, it's a much better atmosphere. I agree. It's That's what comedy started yeah, as. Yeah, American yeah. comics, as we know it, it started here, and this is what it should be. It should be 120, 130 people right on your face and you fuck you good sound and being able to you know tell whatever the fuck I, I don't know if this want. is interesting to you you can stop me but I, I always thought that like stop <laughs> no go ahead <laughs> places like the improv and the comedy cellar were, were so great that other people could say look I want to own a comedy club yeah. but I'm gonna do it one step better right I'm gonna have it fancy and, yeah. and cushion season all made it worse yeah comedy should be cramped in a little brick basement intimate, intimate yeah uh, and uh, a little uncomfortable and that's what it should be right yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, 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 the laughs here, I can't, you can't get them at no, other places. Not when it's all spread out and it, high ceilings and all that. It's right on. I've killed like I've never killed in this club. Yeah. I remember one night it was, it was uh, Chris Rock, then Sherrod, then Tony Rock, then Godfrey, and then me. And we were each one of us were like, fuck that. And it just went boom, boom. This is when Chris was already uh, big or? Was yeah, ba- Chris famous, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've seen people kill. The, the, some of these crowds are just crazy, but it's 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 also there's an intimidation factor coming here. It's the comedy cellar. People know it now, so when they come here, they almost feel privileged to get in yeah. because it's sold out every night. So when they're there, they usually pay attention. It's almost like theater. It's almost like going to theater. There's some thing with you go to theater, you shut your fucking face and you listen. Right. And the, you guys almost have created that here now that people come and listen 
You know, they want to be here just to say I went to the comedy cellar and saw these guys. And you still put on, I mean, the shows you put on are headline guys that, you know, people have to pay, you know, to go see at the improvs all over the country. You have us here, you know, every night of the week all the time. I know. It's which, been, we're, very, we're very, very lucky. It's really lucky. I mean, we're not lucky. We're very fortunate, and we're very appreciative of it. And we, you know, hope that it'll, it'll, we can keep not screwed up. Do you like the fact that now you've actually become more involved in comedy? Well, when my father died, I was very reluctant. I mean, I always had a, I knew you. I knew, I didn't want to, like, okay, Manny's gone. Now I'm going to sit at the table. And, you know, I, I didn't right. want to, to, to step into his shoes. And I didn't want anybody, God forbid, to think I was, uh, you know, being overbearing or presumptuous or anything like that. So it was a good long while before I really felt comfortable hanging out right. at the at the table and stuff. I'm right. still not totally comfortable about really? it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I am, depends on like with who. Like with you or with Keith. Uh, I feel very comfortable. But some other times I don't feel so comfortable. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I mean She knows that I Yeah, well come home and say these guys don't want to talk to me. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're such an idiot. And I like the com- I like the comics better than any other group of people. I mean, I deal with musicians. Yeah. And I deal with my friends who I went to law school with. The only people I think I really understand and they understand me are the comics. Yeah. When it comes to sex and, and just like they're not. Because well, we don't lie. Man to man. That's right. That's we don't right. lie. Yeah, it's we're just, we're, it's, it's, we're insecure. We're fucking egomaniacs. But we don't lie about anything. You call me out on something, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Because that's the only way I can do comedy. That's the only way I can get to a real comedy is if I'm honest with myself. Well, that's right. You're in touch with human reality. Right. Because that's, otherwise, how else could you be funny? Right, a musician has to lie and be cool. And well, yeah, man, well, you know, I do my also, thing. Also, the comics are really smart, by, yeah. by usually. Yeah. Usually. And the musicians, some of them are. <laughs> I don't like that he looked at me and went, usually. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're so transparent. You take a fucking acting class? <laughs> so, it's, 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 what, what, what do you think the success of the comedy seller is right now and why can't other clubs in the city bottle it and just redo it? <sighs> they, they they don't have that first of all it's very difficult to, to, to it took us 15 years to get get it to where it became you know right. so it, it's not easy to to just start it from scratch right they also I I think that we are different in that we really only care about the integrity of what we're doing. We all need to make money and we need to make a living. Right. But it never enters into any conversation we have. Like, this guy will bring a lot of people or we can charge right. And I think it's, it's a very artistic environment. And I think that that comes through and people want to work in a place like that. Right, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's it. that's the reason I was successful in the wall as well. Now, do you, is there any comics that you just like? I I, you, I don't want that fucking guy around. He stinks. I uh, fucking hate him. You don't have to give names. You yeah, can yeah, say yeah. Yes there are. No. Yes. This co- <laughs> oh shit! I want I should have let you go. <laughs> the best podcast ever. Breaking news. <laughs> so there's comics that you that that you like. Ah, oh, fuck him. But you but you you don't you you can't do anything. Um, you've never kicked anybody out. You've never said no. You've never said you're out of here. 
I haven't. My father did. Yeah, your father. And, and then he your went father back on it. Your father kicked Norton out. He tried to kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, one night I was working the Boston Comedy Club, and this is when they started doing good because they got Louis Schaefer. Right. And your father sat me down one night. He goes, I want to tell you something. Uh, if you work there, you can't work here anymore. Uh, that's just the way it is. You can't, you're not, if you're going to work here, we want you here. We like you here. We really want you to stay at this club. But if you're going to work there, you can't work here. And I went, I went, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. I love you guys like family. I really respect you. This is my home club. But I can't have you telling me what to do and where to work. I'm my own boss. And I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to just say goodbye. And he went, all right, you can work over there. But listen, <laughs> that's the way he was. He gave it a shot. He gave it a shot. That's the way he was. He goes, but don't tell anybody. All right? <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird that, I mean, there has to be some point where you're, you know, you're going to have to step in and make a choice like that. Don't you think that you're going to have to... About not using certain comics? Yeah, well, you're going to well, go I, fuck I, them. I do, I do the lineup every... You do the lineup. Well, S- with SD. SD does the lineup. Right. And then every Wednesday, Wednesday we meet for lunch. Okay. And I go through it with her. And, and 99% of the time, I don't make any changes. Right. But from time to time, if I feel strongly... Or sometimes she might miss something like, SD, this show does, doesn't look... is a little risky. Because some, some comics, even some of the best ones, some are like consistent... You know, 300 hitters, and, and others are like big home run hitters, but they strike out a lot. Right. And and, and if you have too many of them in a row, right, you, you, you want to know that someone coming after that is, is a solid hitter. Right. So you can. So sometimes that gets lost, and we, SD and I work together. We don't really disagree that much. Yeah, well, she's pretty good with that. Yeah. She's pretty good with. Yeah, she she's great with. Uh, you know, knowing who's funny. Yeah. And I mean, Listen, you know, knowing who's funny is about the easiest thing in the world. Not, not putting Essie down, but it's, it's very easy to know who's funny. You could watch a, a videotape of the Comedy Cellar crowd without the sound. Yeah. And I could tell you who's funny. Yeah, but there's different types of funny, though. I mean, I, I look but at... But we don't care. You know, you look at a guy like Anthony Jeselnik and a guy like Godfrey and a guy like Pete Corielli and a guy like Todd Barry and then there's a Louis C.K. I mean, those are all very different funny. Right. With different tones and energy. I mean... And they are all fucking hilarious in yeah. their own right. Yeah. So you can't really say that you know who's funny. You might walk in on a Todd Barry set, and he's you know doing okay. You know, but then you walk. Godfrey goes up, and we use it, and that's just what that crowd <laughs> wanted that night. You know what well, I mean? No, no one sampling I think is anything you should make a decision on. But if you watch a comic five or ten times, well, you know comedy that. though. After seeing it for years, you know when a guy's original or funny, yes. and different, and trying something. Yeah. And you have a lot of those guys here. You're not really just throwing shit on and seeing what sticks, because they, you know, they brought people or who they are. Yeah. And, and also, I think that our audience. Uh, uh, chews up hacks and spits them out. Our audience is sophisticated. They know a hack when they see it. You know? Yeah. So, because in other audiences, sometimes hack can be funny because they've never heard that stuff before. Well, you know what else is good here that a lot of people don't even think about is the sound. Yeah. The microphone and the monitors. I actually take credit for that. I did that when my followers. I'll tell you this.
this, man. I go to other clubs. They don't even have monitors on stage. They don't even care about what you're doing. They're like, monitors? No. And it's like, I'm screaming to hear myself yeah. over 300 people, and there's not a fucking monitor to let me hear what I'm actually saying. That's because they're worried about their alcohol percentages, and right. they're not worried about putting on the best show that they can. Right. That's that's exactly where, where, where yeah. it is. I mean, the microphone on this stage and the sound in the room, even though it's a small room, is so perfect. I can tell when it's off. Yeah. I can tell when somebody fucked with a button. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm on stage and I can tell when some somebody turned a fucking knob and fucked it up. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I know exactly what you mean. Or sometimes something goes on. I can something. tell by the set I'm having about the sound. Yeah. The sets, I can have because I know when to get loud and when to get soft due to the microphone and the monitors coming back and have those moments through the sound and the sound here fucking brilliant and that's a one thing that actually makes and the makes light, or breaks my it. father spent his whole life on stage right. I, I'm on stage so we, we get okay. what it means to have a comfortable uh, stage to perform on and, and hearing yourself is a big part of it alright I'm glad that you said that I'm glad that we all we kind of built up to that uh-huh. statement that you just made can we get the fucking piano off the stage can that ever happen yeah, uh, yeah. who the fuck play? Rick Rome plays it one comic Craig Robinson two comics yeah but he's, a, he's these are important comics hey he brings his own get a rollout fucking piano we, get we, the iPad we could we could get a, a, a rollout piano you we, could get a fucking a piano. Murphy piano how's this get a Murphy piano that folds out of the fucking wall <laughs> I think we could do that god damn that fucking piano stinks my father loved that piano yeah <laughs> I fucking leave the piano Jesus Christ you know it's hard for a chunky guy to get on stage with that stupid piano you know piano. I was thinking that I didn't want to say it I was like well you didn't used to complain about the piano <laughs> <laughs> I remember the old days. <laughs> the only thing that sucks about this club is I gotta hit, I gotta hit women in my head, in the head with my stomach. <laughs> I, have to, I have to apologize, like the producer. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. No, on the way to the fun, stage. Funny. Uh, that was actually the producer. Is it the producer? Yeah. yeah. Well, don't have a fucking step on my joke, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, um, yeah, the fucking piano on stage just bugs me. I try to break it every time I'm up there. I kick it, I punch it, I flip the thing down. Why? I grab the thing and I slam it down I go why well then you're using it then you get a prop out of it you know? <laughs> and John Mayer uses it who he the, the fucking no 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 he doesn't know he's a musician and I play old Lang Syne on New Year's Eve oh fuck he does I do yeah, yeah well, and you sang it one year I sang it two years two years very badly <laughs> yeah, my but father was, actually got mad at me he did get mad I, no <laughs> le- legitimately had to be you legitimately went you can't fucking sing <laughs> and screamed and left he was actually mad at me like where I had to go hey Man, <laughs> try growing up that way. <laughs> what was was he a was he a mean dad? Yeah, no, no, he was never no, not mean. What was he? But he could be. Um, he was he was very stingy with praise, and he only praised you if he if he felt it, and he and if he thought you were something was not good, he would tell me. That's why I love your dad, though. Yeah. The one thing I loved about your dad is that he made you want him to like you. Yeah, he want you wanted him to. Talk to you. You wanted him to say, "Hey, hey, kid. Let me ask you a question. You can ask. Yeah, ask me a question. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to drive me home, and I never really asked. I never asked. But every once in a while, he go, "You want a ride?" And I was like, "Fuck yes!" Not because of the ride, because he's giving me the ride, yeah. and I know we're gonna talk on the way home, and it's gonna be interesting, and we're gonna talk about gadgets and fucking chicks and blah blah blah. And, uh, you know, I, it, he made you 
he was, you know, this. He was a little guy. You know, I remember he used to run up the stairs and run down the stairs, and and he, you know, it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. He was this little guy, but he really made you want to be around him. I love the fact that when he gave it to you, it's like that joke I have. I don't say I love you to my wife because I don't want to desensitize her. It's like my mother said it a million times. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, it didn't mean nothing. My father said it once growing up, and it fucked me up for three weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? The same That's a thing. Great joke. Yeah. But it's um I mean you have those qualities too. No, no. No, no, I'm I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your ass. You have the same qualities. But you were you you were kinda doing the wah and you were kind of the you know, doing your band shit. And I've always, you know, been a fan of yours. But now later in life, especially now that you're with your wife, um, it's you have you've adopted that you not that you're your dad, but when you show up you have that same quality where it's like you know you're excited to see you guys you know what I mean That's more, nice. more than more gnome than you Anita but it, it, I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding probably the opposite like here comes a loud mouth no but it's 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 becoming a new it's actually it went through this change and it's becoming something new again you know what I mean it's becoming this new thing but I'm always good. cautious about it too because I am the owner so even if somebody didn't feel that way right. about me they'd have to kind of pretend. Yeah. I think that's what I'm always cautious about. And you feel like you can tell when somebody's pretending. Right. But then sometimes I say, you know, they don't need me. Let them just... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you're, you're, uh, you have a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah, we had the ultrasound uh, last week. What it looked like? Not Jewish. <laughs> All I can tell is not Jewish. Does it have a pee-pee? No, no pee-pee, no. How do you know it's yet. not Jewish? Because she's not I'm Jewish. Not Jewish. <laughs> but I, what, I, that doesn't mean it's not Jewish. You're Jewish. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. But according to Jewish law, the mother has to be Jewish. You didn't know that? So it's not Jewish. It's not, not Jewish. Jewish. It's not a Jewish baby. Not a no. Jewish baby. Really? Really. What are you going to raise it as? A Jewrican. A Jewrican? <laughs> oh, it sounds like a Liguizamo play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to raise. Do you know it what it is, a boy or a girl? We don't know. No, we you have no idea. No. What do you want? A boy. I want a girl. Ah, oh, shit, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy with either, but. Now, are you going to be, I mean, what kind of dad are you going to be? Are you going to be like your dad with very, you know, not to give out praise? Or are you going to really try to change change the curve? And He's already a dad. He, he raised my son. He's a loving, caring person. He's more loving and affectionate than I am to my own son. So. Right. Well, I already know what kind of dad he's going to be. I'm going to I'm gonna be a better dad than my father was in certain ways because my father had me when he was still, when his priorities were still pussy and, and, uh, oh, and playing music. He did not come home. He was, you know. Right. So I'm I'm much more settled. I'm older. Right. So I think that uh, and he and my father I my he broke up. He's, he divorced my mother. Then he divorced my stepmother. Then he had a girlfriend. Right. And he had another woman in the house. And right. married. That was tough. Yeah. Right. That was tough on you. Yeah. And that, but you're gonna have a stable life. Yeah. yeah. You know, as I mean, as much as stable as you can, you know, be married to a Puerto Rican. Yeah. But <laughs> she's the one we have to worry about. Now, <laughs> now she, like we, we, we've been together 17 years. He's we've been there. Gone through all that stuff. We're well, it's like Patrice O'Neill's joke that my uh, he said my chick's been with me for six six years. I've been with her for four months. <laughs> That's exactly, That's exactly it. what it is. I've been, we've been yeah. together a year. She's yeah. been with me for seventeen. Years. Yeah, like I'm I'm I, I'm finally happy with like I'll look at my wife and be like I 
fucking, what was I thinking? I love my, this chick's the shit. I love you. I'm so happy. But like, it took me 13 years to get to that point. I remember she used to, we'd be together and she would touch me and do that caressing and it would make me, I'd fucking want to jump out of my fucking skin. Like, get the, but well, you had to take it. Like, yeah, that feels good. <laughs> oh no, I never, like I never went through that. You never went through no, that? she almost never caressed me. Never? <laughs> never? <laughs> no, I, I, I no, we, we always, I didn't, I never had that. Really? I, I know that feeling, I've you, had that feeling with women. Right. I never had it with her. Well now my wife does it and it's like, I, I'm like, do it more and she's like, I'm tired. It's like, oh really? Fucking twat? I want you to do it. Now you, you don't used to have a whole routine about it. Touch my people. Touch my people. You didn't want them to touch you anywhere but your people. I still have that. Well, I've heard you do it. Now, how how hard is it to? Is it hard for you to be married? Is it hard for you to be with one girl? No. And I know you have to say no because she's sitting right next to you. So why are you asking? <laughs> I have to ask the tough questions, though. I gotta see what type of man you are. Uh, no, I have never been happier <laughs> in my life. Honestly, we are. This is such a happy marriage. I'm just waiting for. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that nothing ever changes. <laughs> It's true. Okay. <laughs> well, sometimes things don't last, you know. Yeah. But hopefully this will last. Right. And how how do you feel married to Noam? Is this is this your dream come true? Yeah. Getting she we're won. Better, we're better married. Really? Yeah. You're better married. Yes. What does that mean? No, when we dated, there was a lot of um, you know ups and downs, and I was insecure because we were together for such a long time and not married. Right. And now all that's kind of gone. There's something that happens. I don't know if I told you this before you get married. When you say I do, and then the first time she says you're my husband, there's something about you, my trust issues went away. Like I was like, it's my fucking wife. Yeah. And something happened where it was like you immediately trust the other person. Like a lot of your issues kind of fall off at that point. It's really nice to know you'll only have to sleep with the same woman for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You never have yeah. to go through that. Yeah. New pussy yeah, thing. Yeah. Like you know? a, it's like a new blowjob where it's a little different. So and they, they actually do it. The way you like it, you don't have to teach them. It's unappealing. Yeah, and they when get... you're married, you rarely get them, and when you get them, it's a surprise. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when we were dating, I rarely got that. <laughs> it's, I it, never let you. I on. tell you, it's a hard thing. I love her. I, I, <laughs> why, right? Why? Well, here's the thing: is that now you're gonna have a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like I'm trying to have a baby now. Like, I had to run home the other night. She, I know. You canceled yeah. your spot. She peed on a stick. And apparently there's one day out of the month that's good for getting babies. Yeah. I went home. She was literally, you know, lying on the bed. I had to jump on, whip the stick in, the it's, pump away. It's five days a month for Puerto Ricans, but it's one, one, one day a month for, for, for it's, uh, You don't even have to. You just come on her knee. <laughs> you can just jerk off and throw it at her. Here, take that. Send it in I left you something in an ice cube tray. <laughs> yeah. But um, the funny thing is, is you went in and you, you had to get your sperm tested, right? No, I didn't have to get my sperm tested. But hold up, hold Why up, hold up. I did because I, I was old already. Yeah. 48 years, 48? 48 years old. And I didn't. I hear stories about people taking like a year to get pregnant, and I wanted to check right at the outset, so I, in, in case there was an issue, I would know about it, not waste a year trying to get pregnant to find out. So you went and uh, where did you go? Where was it again? Uh, in the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> I jerked off in the Empire State Building. <laughs> it's just funny that it's very funny. There's guys every day, hundreds of guys a week, just jerking off in a landmark. The it, thing. It was an Indian guy behind the. Uh, behind the counter. Hey, really? So yeah. you go into the room and you go into you go into an office, there's other guys there? Yeah. 
And what happens? They they give you a a, a, a beak like a little jar with a, with a label on it, mm-hmm. and they point you down the hall. Uh huh. And I, 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 you lock the door. You go in. They have like porno. Do you have to lock the door. No, you don't have to lock the door. <laughs> and yes, it has porno and uh, uh, magazines, DVDs, all kinds of stuff. And right. then you, you come out and you give it to the guy. Did you have to watch the DVDs or porno? No. no. What'd you do? I thought of my wife. You fucking. I'm telling you can the you, truth. Can you walk away for just one second? <laughs> just please, just walk away for one second. <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. No, just please. Really? Just, making your walk away? <laughs> just walk away for one second. Right. Do you, I just say the right thing. One second. Just one second. One second. Did you really think of your wife? What do you think? I know. Look, she's not going to listen to this. I'm not sure I really think of my she, wife when I'm having sex with my wife. <laughs> okay, you can come back. You can come I'm back. Kidding. I'm kidding. Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it's hard. It's so hard. It's hard to focus. Oh, no. What'd you say about Exactly what I said while you were here. He said he loves you. But here's the thing. So you're in there thinking about your wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was. He said he was thinking about you. So you're in there, you're masturbating, and you jerk off into the cup. Yeah. And do you get it all in the cup one shot, or is it like a mess? All in the cup one shot. You're lying. I told I told all in the cup no, one what shot. What kind of aim is that? Your problem is is the way, the way you think the way that you do it, like the, your cum is the way I come. <laughs> that's your problem. You're probably the like you, you spray the furniture when you come. No, but I mean it comes out. The first one is like rogue. The, uh, but you, you know. put the thing right over. You put so the, you put the thing on at the edge of it, like. Like, I, I, how did you put it on the top? Did you bend it down? It's not. It's pretty. It's pretty big. Well, look, the people that might listen to this that might want to know how to do it. You're helping people. Yeah. So get in, like, your pee-pee in the explain cup. You aim your pee pee in the cup. Yeah, but you ha- your dick sticking straight up, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you kind of push it down vert- uh, uh, horizontal. Horizontally, push it down, <laughs> and then at the right hold, moment, and, and, and ho- exactly hold yeah. the and cup. Hold the, yeah, yeah. Now, the, but that doesn't some f- come out of the cup. No. Now, do you scrape off the top and pinch out the rest? Yeah, yeah. Pinch out the rest and put it in the cup. All of it goes in the cup. He he asked me, they tell you actually, make sure you get all of it in the cup. So you have to sit there and just squeeze from the bottom like you're milking a cow. Yes. To get all of it in. And then you put the lid on. Yeah. And then you you pull your pants up. Do you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? No, I I didn't wash my hands. You didn't wash your hands? (laughs) What? So you just went out and handed it to him? I didn't shake his hand, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you give him the cup and then you leave. Yeah. Now, what are, are there other guys? You bump into a guy with another thing of sperm, and they could get mixed up. It could happen. It didn't happen to me, but yeah, absolutely. All right. So you walk in, you give him your sperm, and then how long does it take to was find like, out? Like two days. I didn't tell her I was going. I think it was two days. And how much did it cost? Uh, not much, like 150 bucks. 150 bucks. 150 bucks. They charge you 150 bucks for you to jizz in a cup. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, so they gotta handle it. What do they do with the jizz after? Do they tell you that? Because that God, scares that's me too. a good too, question, right? I mean, what do they do with that? I hope they send it to. Them. When they saw a specimen like me walk in, they probably wanted to sell that jizz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they wanted. That's exactly. It. Yeah, they're trying to make a, a superhero baby at the it's Pentagon. Like the boys from Brazil. Oh, this guy looks smart. <laughs> We already have the physique sperm. We need the smart sperm. <laughs> right, look, just deal with it, okay? Okay. Um, so, so you, they call you back and they tell you what your sperm count's fine. Well, no, they. This is this is it. I, I think that in between the time I, I jizzed in the cup and right. I got my results, right? Juanita actually got was pregnant. Really? So, so my doctor texted me because right. they, they sent the results to your doctor. Right. So, so I uh, how did it go? I I texted my doctor. I'm pregnant. 
I mean, Juanita's pregnant. I texted my doctor, Juanita's pregnant. And my doctor texted back, she's cheating. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he got my results. It couldn't, it's not possible. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah, it was a funny doctor. Uh, let me, so, here's the thing. When you're having sex, yeah. and you're trying to have, I mean, like, I have sex with my wife now, and it's, it's baby sex. Yeah. I'm trying to make a baby, and it's fucking uncomfortable. It's like, because I'm trying to focus... And I'm focused on what? Okay, on my wife. Because oh. I want to, I want to look at her, and I'm trying to make it some type of sensual. But you know, like sometimes I like to bang. I just like to bang and get on your belly and let me pull your hair and go off into fucking. Fan- so, so what's wrong with that? You know, but it, I don't want my baby to be that night. Oh, no. Robert. I don't think don't it matters. Be, it doesn't matter. We were on a calendar. No one used to say, okay, it's our days. Come on, we got So you had sex just on those days? We, specifically on those days. Yeah. And well, other days you didn't do it? Yeah, other days we did it. Yeah. You did it? What, but what if, what, didn't you get nervous that like, okay, you fool around on a day or you jerk off on a day that's not the day and those were the good ones. Well, That was the genius. That, that was, was the Beethoven. Beethoven. Yes. <laughs> you just shut Beethoven into the trash can or into the shower drain and you got fucking me. That's what you got now. I do. It's like, it's like uh, pulling the wrong cord, at, the wrong card at the blackjack table, and yeah. everyone else at the table. Like yeah. that should have been the exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, does that worry you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> big really? time. Yeah. Now, do you want a? But now, do you want a really highly intelligent kid? Yes. Or what if your kid's a fucking hunk of shit? That'd be a disaster. Really? Yeah. I actually, You're not gonna love it no matter what. I don't. I. I. I, I think I. I think I wouldn't. You think that? Just <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> being honest. I guess. Listen, I'm Jewish. Right. Being intelligent is like it's it, right. it's not easy if you're not in, if to have a non unintelligent child. Yeah, you don't want a, t- a kid with a long tongue. No. My, my, if I was not if I had not been smart, my father would not have loved me the same. Mm. That's weird. That. Yeah, I believe it. So you ho- it's got to be smart unless it was like. Down syndrome or something where right. he loved me because you're retarded. Because, yeah, yeah, because it, you know, he felt because it was a uh, bond with with a misfortune. Right. Now, if you have a retarded kid, is it okay for us to make fun of him when he's not around? I, we're gonna give him up for adoption if he's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. But really, you, I'm not. You guys retarded. are speaking from not not having your own children. So when you have your own child, you're gonna see it doesn't matter. I'm kidding, of course. To I, I'm gonna love the matter. child no matter what. Go over there again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, you know you can find that out. You can find the stuff out. We're, we're, we are screening. We are going to do screening. You're screening. So you can find out if it has a birth defect or if it's Down syndrome. Or it has I will any- tell you this. I, of course, I know. I'm, I'm not going to reject the child. But Juanita is so loving. Right. She could literally adopt a retarded baby and be, and be happy about it. Right. I would adopt a child with special needs. I would. She would. You would. She yeah. would. You're not going to. I won't let her. <laughs> But I I, that's a big burden to have a child with special needs. Yeah. And if it's not your child, yeah. I guess for a man it may be harder than a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially all the jokes we'd make behind your back. <laughs> I know. Hey, no, here comes your son. Daddy! <laughs> you sure you're hey, going to make the mess Throwing fucking match, matches on the floor. Count those, Junior. <laughs> 157. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, let me borrow your kid this weekend. I'm going to AC. I want to make a little cash. Oh, God. 
So <laughs> don't jinx it. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're jinxing your own baby. No, too, I'm not jinxing my baby. I'm making like fun of your baby. Yeah, <laughs> that God, God has a way of uh, I don't even rewarding know that. I look, I look it. I've done it. I've done two big ones. Like you know, I've have I've, you gotten a girl pregnant before? Uh yeah, I've had an abortion when I was young. This girl I was dating, she got pregnant, and she thank God killed it. Yeah. So yeah. So, so you know you're all right. Yeah, she took it. Well, that was back in the day. So I mean, the last two times I've, you know, it was big ones. Like if, if this didn't do it, honey, I don't know what to tell you. You're, well, you're how many days? How many days did you go before you did it? Uh, three. Because I'm not sure that's a good. I think like after three days, some of the. Oh no, I jerked off a couple times. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, that's what's killing me too. Is I'm trying not to. I love I love jerking off when my wife's at work. I love cranking one out at the table and going to my websites and going to the shower, put one leg up and having the little shower, the massager behind me. It feels like someone's tickling my nuts and I have all these fantasies. But when I go off on those fantasies, it makes me not want to bang my wife because that's real. So I have to keep the fantasies in check to where. I look at my wife and I go, I want to fuck that. Ooh, look at your titties. And then I get in, you know what I mean? So it's like this vicious circle I'm in to, you know... You know, to, to, to make this, you know? I know exactly what you And mean. I don't want, I don't want, okay, I'm pregnant. Oh, great. When I was, when I fucked you the last time and I was actually thinking about, you know, fucking some Filipino sh- lady boy. You know what well, I mean? You should do it, you should do it a bunch of times right around that day so you won't know which time so, it so was. So it's like when they, sh- a firing squad, when they give one guy a exactly. bullet. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what so it they, is. <laughs> they don't know which one killed him. Yeah, exactly. So, so they do it in a firing squad so somebody doesn't feel guilty they killed somebody yeah nobody really knows who killed them yeah they don't know who has the bullet the other three guys have blanks one guy has the bullet and nobody knows who really killed him so yeah. all right so fuck it like nine times like three i'll fuck her four times three times i get to fantasize about all kinds of weird shit and that one time i gotta focus in and vampire fucker and really make it nice and who knows but I, are you using the fertility kit well, yeah, she's using it. The yeah, thing that really worked on. for us. Yeah, well, then I, the first time. I found the... Oh, it makes me gross. I found it in the fucking garbage. I was cleaning the thing, and I found a little stick. Did your wife pee in front of you? No, I hate that. I can't stand... We, have, we yeah. fight about it. It's gross. It sounds... I cannot stand it. The noise is ridiculous. It's like, what, do you, what is that? It's like running water. Remember my joke about that? Like, where is it? I used to go, where... I don't even know where it oh, is. Oh, where it comes out of. It just sounds like a... <laughs> somebody milk... Like a horse pissing. It's like ours sounds nice, like running water, like a Japanese garden. It's tranquil. Yours sounds like somebody just cut a hose open and just kink it, sprain it, just in the smell. It smells like oats. You ever smell it? You ever walk in the bathroom and it's this is the worst. Have you walked in and they forget to flush and there's a little like a nugget mark? Like they didn't. She doesn't do that. Uh, My wife. Her son does it all the time. My wife doesn't do it. She's very. I don't even know when she does it. I think she does it once a month, actually. I think she's trained her body to shit once a month. But every once in a while, like, I remember I walked in one day and I was like, Ooh. and then one time I walked in and the pad, she was, the pad didn't flush. Oh, God. Oh, dude, I fucking yelled. I was like, rule number fucking 76. You flush the, when you're on the period, I have rules. You flush that goddamn, I'll puke. I'll puke. It fucks up everything. Yeah, they don't understand that. Yeah, I don't. They think if you love them, like, you should just, you know. No, fuck the opposite. Do you understand how hard it is to get to the point to actually just want to be with you and love, like to feel the love, when we look at you to be like, I love you and I just want to be with you. You know what fucking, oh my God that is? And you guys want more. 
It's it's fucking. She'll do number two in front of me if I let her. I oh, fuck that. No What's way. The big deal? I have a rule. This she can't. When I'm going to shit, the beginning and the end, you can't be there. You can walk in in the middle and get something out of the draw. Oh no, she can't walk in. She can walk in in the middle, but the beginning, the first couple pushes, and at the end, you can't be there. You're way ahead of me. First of all, it, it takes me like. 45 seconds to go to the bathroom. Right. So I, so there's no there's no middle. It's boom. I love the fact that I've actually, me and you were talking about such great shit, the history of the comedy cellar, <laughs> where you've come, and I've totally <laughs> brought it into the garbage. <laughs> Just the gutter. I have you talking about your wife taking a shit. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> now, I have another question. Are you going to be there when the baby comes out? Uh, we've been talking about this a lot. I, I don't want to see, like, the, the baby coming out. I, I, I tell I don't want to be uh, at the bottom looking north, but I like to be at the top looking down, you know. Right, you'll be north looking south. North looking south, yeah. You don't want to see anything come out. No. But you'll see the baby come out. Yeah. Will you cut the cord? Uh, they want me to. Now, why don't you want, mo- like, a lot of women want the guy to see that process, the actual birth. I don't birth. want him to see the process. Right. My, why would, my why wife would anybody want somebody to see that? Because they think it's a bonding experience. Oh, God. And it, it, you know, it's life, it's natural, you should get over it, and it's something that will actually help your relationship. I think it will ruin my my wife's vagina forever. It's going to. Yeah, it's just, I'm just going to always envision just a blue head shooting out of there. Oh. Also, and sometimes they go to the bathroom on themselves. They shit, and, and yeah. they episiotomy. They have to cut the asshole and the vagina and make one big asshole vagina. She had <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that, you know, I don't want to see that. And of course not. Who would yeah. want to see that? I don't want him to see that. I mean, like, I feel like when women are pregnant, it's not, I feel like I'm not myself. I'm hormonal. I feel like yeah. I'm in an alien body. It's not me. If I were a woman you know? and they were doing it to me, I wouldn't want to see it. Right. I wouldn't want to see a mirror. Just, just do it. You know? Ugh, yeah, yeah, fuck that. It's disgusting. And then the placenta, whatever that old pocketbook that shoots out and they th- whatever that thing is. You mean the afterbirth? The afterbirth. The afterbirth yeah. Ugh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You're never going to get that out of your head. You see something, you see afterbirth? What a fucking name. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a punk band. Right? <laughs> That's a good name for a punk band. It's just, ugh. and you're going to see it and they're going to put it in a bowl and fuck you. And, and then now they probably want to save the cells, right? Oh, that's from the cord. From the cord. I want to save our, our, yeah, the placenta and the... They save the placenta. You save it and freeze it so when the stem cell research... Yeah. That's a good idea. That's I didn't even think of that because our conversation the other night, they're going to be able to use stem cells for everything. Yeah. Already yeah. already they can. Yeah, to make a new liver and kidney and you're going to be able to... We're going to do that. Burns, yeah. How yeah. much does it cost? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Jew. <laughs> um, I don't think he's going to make it through. So your kid's not going to be Jewish? The kid is no. not not going to be not Jewish. Jewish. Really? It's very, very upsetting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, did you think your father would be pissed at that? Yeah, he'd be, he, 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 he'd be upset about it. Why aren't you gonna? Why can't you do it? Do what? Make the kid Jewish. I'd have to convert. I, I, why she, won't you convert? She won't convert. Because I. Why would I convert? Well, just convert for shits and giggles to no, get the kid. I don't believe in doing that. Isn't that ridiculous? It, well, well, yeah, but just do it just for the kid. And no. and it's actually something, it's another religion and another aspect of your life. I don't want to bring up my child Jewish. Hang on one second. Not to bring it up Jewish. Jewish. Hang on one second. What you're doing you is... would be. Hang on, what you're doing is, it's like learning a different language. Mm-hmm. It's just expanding your horizons 
and to learning about your husband's family's background, and then you're actually bringing the kid up. I'm sure he's going to learn about fucking Puerto Rico and Cinco de Mayo, whatever the fuck you guys, <laughs> your goddamn parade, no, I'm not, right? No. So I, why can't he learn I'm about that? I'm saying the wrong thing. I'm not against celebrating Jewish holidays or experience anything. I just feel that I shouldn't have to convert for our child to experience that. Yeah, but he he can teach him or her whatever he like. We can celebrate any holidays they want to, but I shouldn't have to convert. How long would it he take? Should love me for me. Let me ask you quick. Don't, you get, don't they have a Rosetta Stone for Jews where you can do it over she, the internet? She could, she could convert by next Monday if you pay the right rabbi enough money. Yeah, why that's ridiculous. Listen to me. Why don't you just do it and you listen? Can go back. You can switch yeah, back just afterwards. go back. I'm do, not going listen, to do that. Listen, stop. Juanita. She doesn't love me. Juanita. If you love me, then you would. Juanita, know. you should try. I mean, who cares? I'd con- I, look, I'd become a Jew. I had a Jewish foster father. I know a lot of Jewish people. I've had a lot of Jewish people in my life. Mm-hmm. I would convert to Judaism to learn about it and to see about it and just to say I was a you Jew for a month. You don't have to convert to learn about it. Yeah, but you, to, to, if I was in your position, I would do it just to enhance my background this and to be part no, of that I'm side of the family. This is what I think. We right. want our child to be able to grow up and have the option to be whatever religion he wants. Right? Okay. Right. So if you convert to Judaism, then he can be Jewish if he wants. Or if you're Jewish, you can still be Christian. You can yeah. still believe in Jesus. Yeah. But if you take away his option to be Jewish, that's a cruel thing. That I'm is, not taking away his option. Yes, you because are. when he's yes, older and he feels that he wants to you know, embrace his Jewish he can't side, do that. he can convert. Not a real Jew. Yes, he Won't never be a real Jew. Never well, be I same. will never, never be a real be, Jew. It doesn't matter, but he will be. He'll never no. be a same. If you convert, he'll be, he'll be a real Jew. I already have a child who's not Jewish. I'm right. not going to now then convert. And, oh, he's going to snuff a love, I guess. Yes. Really? You, are you going to circumcise your kid? Yes. I gave into that. Yes, we're going to do that. I think you're going to keep hammering her about the Jew thing. Yeah, I know. No, I think I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I wish there was I a way to do it without her knowing. I mean... There is. You dump her. Take your kid. <laughs> <laughs> you dump her for six months. Convert the son of a bitch and then ask her back. <laughs> so, I, okay. So, that congratulations about the baby. Sorry about it being fucking whatever it's going to to be now. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be a beautiful, smart baby. It's going to yeah. run your life. Yeah, but the Jew thing, it adds a lot. you said right now. The Jewish thing adds a lot. It does. Yeah, it does. Especially in this business. <laughs> how many you. how many Puerto Ricans made it in show business? I mean regular show, but not that El Todo Mundo. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you didn't do the, the, the technically, Freddie she, Prince, that's this it. child is half Jewish, blood, bloodline-wise. You're right. But because they have this stupid thing in the Jewish religion that the uh, mother has oh to be God. Jewish. Right. No, I'm so happy my father's not alive to this. You should do it for his father. You know what? I loved your father, but I, I think he would understand what I'm saying. No, no he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, you don't know him. No, my, you, you don't even know my father, my father's he attitude. Knows I'm Jewish? My father's attitude would be it doesn't matter she converts the kid's still not Jewish. Like, you're, talking about, yeah, exactly. you're exactly. talking about a guy who hired Arab comics after September 11th <laughs> just to argue with him. It's true. It's yeah, just, true. Just to argue with him. That's all he, he he had a guy who had a his his, his big closer was oh, having a bomb on, under his oh fucking chest and he hired him the week after September 11th so he could argue with him. Oh, no. He would not understand. But like you said your father would never even if I converted, I would not be a Jew. So why would I go through all this? Right. Like, he, he would like the tech, the technical, the technicality. He would, he would be happy about it. Once the baby's here, you'll get over it. Well, let me ask you another. Now, all right. So let's let's move off of this. But so the baby's not Jewish. Your father's rolling in his grave. You've you've burned the bridge. However, of the his Dominican friend married a Jewish woman, and their kid.
kid will be Jewish. Yeah, well, he doesn't have that option. I guess you stole that from his soul. <laughs> wow, you really just killed a she bloodline. My soul she killed the bloodline. That's right. She killed the Jewish bloodline. Wow. Abraham to his children, his all the way to me. Yep. And then she, <laughs> and that was and you let a Puerto Rican Indian kill it. It's, I, that's what they do. All this for love. Guaranteed, she's celebrating all those Puerto Rican days. Oh yeah. Guaranteed, he's gonna like plantains and shit. Of course. No. no. Rice and beans. You're lo- you're, dude, you're so lucky. You got a Puerto Rican. She's a beautiful Puerto Rican girl, though. How great is that? That's great too. Right? What if you married a fucking little yenta? Oh, God. Got, uh, like my friends did. Have you seen Gnome? Where is he? <laughs> you know, I don't like to talk on stage. <laughs> you know, anyways, you know the hummus wasn't good tonight. You know what I mean? Well, she's sexy and she's got an attitude, right? She has attitude. Yeah. Oh, she does have an attitude. God bless. Now, I just want to ask you, where do you see the comedy seller? Do you ever see the comedy seller closing? Uh, God, I would never close it. I would never close it. Things, things, you know, things can go wrong. Who knows? But I would never close it. Really? Yeah. You never see it being closed? No. So how long do you think the comedy seller will... I mean, good times and bad times. If it goes into bad times again or whatever, do you, would you I, ever... I, I feel about these things that... People think, oh, everything has to come to an end and all that stuff. But, but I mean, I don't think comedy is ever not going to be a, a legitimate, uh, uh, you know, performance, performance form. So I, I really believe that if we continue to do things right, it can last 100 years. Oh. And if it doesn't last, we will have done something wrong. Are you ever going to change it? Are you ever going to no. make it better? Be- if, yeah, I would make it better if I. But, but how I, do you think you can make the comedy seller better? That's the question. I, uh, the, the one, the one thing we've talked about it is to in- improve our um, video capability so that comics can get better and higher quality uh, 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 videos of what they do. Other than that, like I tried putting up one TV screen, no one made it worse. Yeah, no one's ever uh, filmed a special here. No one, because because they're too. I think it's too cramped. You can't get enough distance from the stage right. to get a wide shot of the stage. Well, Louis, Louis films here all the time. Though. Films here, but he, no one's ever filmed a special no. here. No, I would love that. Well, I want to. Can I tell you something? Sure. That um, I've been talking about with my management. That now with the cameras the way they are, they have small cameras. You don't need to, you know, big ass cameras. That we want to try. And hopefully, with your permission, to film my hour special here. Yeah, try it. And if it doesn't come out, why do you do it somewhere else? We want to do uh, black and white. Uh, and we want to try to make it uh, use the D5s, D7s, which are the small cameras that actually fill, film on. We actually did a test run last week. Down here? I'll show you the clip, what oh, it looks great. like. We did a test run. And we want to try to we want to try to film my special here with your permission. Of course, you know. Um, and, and, and if you do it and it comes out good, other people will want to do it because everybody well, wants. Here's to. the thing: is I want you to promise me that nobody can do it before me. Nobody can do it before you. Got it. All right. Yep. I want you to promise me that because I, I want it to be my. <laughs> I I think that the specials that are taking place it's theaters with the big curtain and the backdrop and the big name and the pan and through the big crowd and blah blah blah. I, like we said before, I think comedy is 120 people, 130 people in a small room right there and I think that when you do a big theater show the laughs are the same it's you know they're good laughs but you, it's it's almost this ah, ah, 
When you do a comedy club, you get the extra little fucking chuckles and the snorts and the, the big, also, bold laughs. And, you know, even when people miss it and only five people got that line, there's a different energy in a small club. Also, isn't it, doesn't it matter that you're performing in a place where you're totally comfortable, where you perform a million times 100% matters. Um, you know, but absolutely. But also the, the crowd and the club and, you know, no one's ever done it. No one's ever done a special here. I mean, people have filmed here, yes, but no one's ever done a special. And every time I see, like, live at Gotham or any of these shows, I know yeah. it, it drives me crazy. Well, I think that if you scan it through Comedy Central and all of a sudden you a black and white, up close, small crowd. It would look like the old, the old uh, shots of Lenny Bruce. Yes. That's what it Back in the day yeah. comedy. When it the was, gaslight. When Very it was, cool. When it was funny. And I, 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 that's what I've been uh, working on and we've been talking about working out the logistics of it. And that's what I want to do at the club. This is my next hour I want to film here. And uh, the technology's actually caught up to where we can do it yeah. and, uh, and, and and make it really unique. And I'll show you the, the clip. It's on my Husay page. We did a little, little thing about that. So you nobody can film until me. You agree to that? I agree to it. That's, I realize now that's the only reason you're doing this podcast with me was to now, get me on the record. I, well, I, I, I never even was going to tell you that oh. uh, until there's still some logistics we got to work out because do we get somebody to pay to do it? Is someone getting involved? Are we going to pay ourselves and then try to sell it or put it just out there? We haven't worked out all the logistics yet, but... You, you do have to hurry because Paul Mercurio asked me to do the same thing. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll, I'll take out this whole fucking club. I will kill everybody. But, um... So that's it, man. I think that's the podcast. Oh, that's, I'm just getting started. You, okay. Wow, you were actually fizzling out. I was fizzling out? Okay. Yeah, no, you're starting to hunch over. You're sweating a little bit. Um, well, you're asking a lot of personal questions about my wife. Well, you got to feed your pregnant wife now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that I, I would like to do another one with you again um, about different things uh, the next without time. Without my wife there. Without your wife here. Yeah. yeah. But not, not even just that. I think not even just without your wife, but to actually, you know, there's other shit I like that you like. Okay. Like uh, technology, showbiz. Politics. Uh, politics. Stuff like that that I'd like to touch on. Maybe we'll come back in like a month or so and do this again. Um, and, you know, we'll see where you're at. Why, why don't you do a podcast like at the table one day? We'll get some lavaliers um, for like four or five lavaliers. Yeah, I might do that. But again, you know, the thing with the one-on-one or even just YouTube, um, I like when the podcast just, I don't know what I'm going to ask you. I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know. It's just shooting the shit. Yeah. That's why I like my podcast. It's not this big event. It's not once, you know, it's Mondays and I do this thing. It's it's whatever. It's with people I want to talk to and whatever we want to talk about. And it just flows. And, it, you know, if the people want to listen to it, they fucking listen to it. If they don't want to fucking listen to it, they don't fucking listen to it. Okay. It's, um, I don't want it to be this, you know, show that's uh, produced and made into this fucking, hey, we're at the comedy cell this Tuesday with all these lavaliers and fucking... I know, but if you could capture some of those moments at the table, they're priceless. But the I thing mean, is, yeah. is that they're priceless because nobody captures them. That's the, what makes them priceless to me. And I agree with you that I, I would do a podcast over there and do it with, you know, a few people. Uh, that would definitely be good. I don't want to, I would never want to make it a regular thing because then you lose the, the that, that moment. That's why, you know, me, that's why Colin didn't want to do the podcast for real because then you'd lose what we were doing. It was just horse shit. It was just me and him talking 
talking shit and recording it and putting it out there for whoever wanted to listen to it. Right. And that's what I kind of want my podcast to be like. It's just people talking shit and whatever happens, happens. Sometimes they stink. Really, some of these podcasts I've done just boring by myself, just yapping into a microphone at three in the morning about technology and being lonely. <laughs> and then, you know, these these ones I actually enjoy. I did one with Keith a couple weeks ago. It was really good. This one I actually, you know, was interesting to me. And it's not really trying to do shit interesting to the people listening to it. Just if they find it interesting, good. Hopefully they do. Which I think is fucking crazy. You know, I mean, the history... people are interested? In in, in you, yeah. Because you're just a fucking bore. Like, in life. You know, like your dad. He was awesome. I wish he could have done it. But the thing is, you know, I'm glad your wife was here to kind of keep it... (laughs) To liven it up. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe you're serious. How great would it have been been to have been able to interview my father for the podcast? Your your father was one of the funniest guys I've ever met. He reminded me of my granddad. My grandfather was really funny, too. But your father was the quickest, fastest, funniest. He would get you in a second. And you don't even know you got. He'd ask you a serious question. And then he's just setting you up to fucking smash you. Yeah, try try being raised that way. Eight years old. I know. It's funny that you... I mean, growing up, it must have sucked at certain points. But when you look back on it now, it's like... it's, it's He was one of the fuck one of the probably top five humans in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, really. Like, top five. He's one of the guys I can't wait to... When you think about dying, you're like, oh, I'll go see, I get to see him. I get to see my grandfather. You believe that? He's one of the guys. I Look, I don't... I believe that you'll... Yeah, you get to... You oh, get, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, you, well, yeah, you don't. See, let's save it for the next podcast. That's a whole nother thing. And you wanted me to convert. You didn't even believe that. <laughs> well, that's what we're saying. No, you don't have to believe in shit. Just do the Jewish thing. A motzilech, a mingahoritz. Have some uh, a fucking bagel with fish on it. And call it a day. Just give the kid a shot at a life. <laughs> Trust me, I'm Catholic. She'll have a Jewish last name. She's got a shot. Uh, if, uh, if, if, we, if she converts... Judaism, the kid still gets affirmative action and all the benefits that, that we're owed as minorities, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they owe us, Robert. They owe us. Ah, we, nobody owes you. God. Are you kidding? My Puerto Rican baby is discriminated against. Yes. He's going to get affirmative action, get a scholarship. Right. going to be a quota for how many uh-huh. of gonna Doesn't need to get the same test scores. <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> they owe us. He's going to be in a fucking Michelle Pfeiffer movie. <laughs> a fucking white teacher comes in and teaches him how to fucking <laughs> the debate. The white shadow. <laughs> <coughs> um, no, I think your kid's going to be very lucky to be brought up in this environment the way you were brought up in it. I mean, I mean, you own McDougal Street. To be brought up with all the art and creativity around him with the attitude and personality and the people that he's going to be exposed to, uh, you know, much like your kid is now, it's, it's I a actually benefit. really look, because if he's, if he's uh, a boy, we're yeah. going to name him Manny after my father. That's great. And I really look forward to not when he's a baby, we're like three, four, five years old, bringing him to the table yeah. and... and the fact that his name Manny. is Manny, everybody's really. Oh, we're gonna just trash him. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, trash him. And you know what's gonna suck is your your son Manny's gonna fucking tell me to beat it someday. <laughs> I don't want that fucking old loser around. Yeah, I know he was part of it. I get it. Grandfathered in, but that died with my dad. Fuck him. He's out. He pays full price for fucking hummus. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate. it. We'll do this again in uh, a couple weeks. Okay. And uh, this this podcast uh, you can find on Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher. The app, and uh, I'm actually going to be on. Uh, you can check this podcast out on GloryHoleRadio.com. Uh, I'm brand new to the radio network or whatever the fuck. I don't even know what the fuck it is. It's a web page with other podcasts. I don't know why they call it radio. It should be fucking Glory Hole 
website, but I'm a part of the GloryHoleRadio.com community. So if you want to check out the website, go to GloryHoleRadio.com. Check out all the other podcasts. Jim Florentine's up there. Uh, the Jersey Jerks and a bunch of other really cool and Glory Hole Radio uh, podcast itself. So check out all the other podcasts. Really good shit. And again, thank you, Noam. Thank you, Juanita. Juanita. Mamacita. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, congratulations on your baby. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Okay. Thanks, Robert. Take care. Thanks again for listening to another episode of You Know What, Dude? Podcast on GloryHoleRadio.com. And make sure to check out all the other shows on the Glory Hole Network. If you're using the Stitcher app, type in the word FART when you register. iTunes users, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're a real fan of the show and you want to show your support, go to GloryHoleRadio.com slash Robert Kelly and hit the donate button. $10 will get you a shout out on the air. $20 will get you my first CD, Robert Kelly Live, not available in stores. If you have any questions, email me at robertkelly at gloryholeradio.com.